Welcome back to the Dope Black Dads podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lewis Howell, and I am joined today by Cameron. And we're going to be having a seriously, seriously powerful conversation. And I'm going to just preface the conversation with this. Many men are vocal about gender parity, but commitment to the cause isn't reflected in action. A 2019 report revealed that while 77% of men reported doing everything they can to achieve gender fairness, only 41% of women agreed that they were. Meanwhile, 60% of all of those surveyed said it's rare to see men speaking out against gender discrimination. And that was a report released by Grant Thornton. Now, let me bring in Cameron. Cameron, what are you saying about this, my brother? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. How are you, Lewis? You right? Yeah, all good, Good, man. good. Yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. Um, like, just listening to those facts, it's... I think it's true. Like I always believe facts, facts are facts are facts, aren't they? Um, and I think it's clear. A lot of men will definitely say, you know, they're doing everything they can. And I've probably been um, a, a fool to it as well. But what does it actually look like to become a better ally to a woman? Do you know what I mean? What's your what's your kind of what's your kind of thoughts it. on on how you feel like you've been an ally to women and where you feel like you can do better? I always start with how can I improve myself. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. No, and I respect that about you, bro, because I think it's important for us to really look internally first mm. and be willing to own where we still have room for improvement. I mean, when I think about allyship more broadly, I think there is a big part of it that revolves around being willing to do one, what's not comfortable mm. and being willing to go out of your way because you're aware of the fact that you may have unearned privileges. So usually allyship is necessary when you've got a particular group of people which usually based on some aspect of their identity has caused them to be marginalized or potentially disadvantaged or not necessarily experience certain privileges or have access to power right so effectively when you're an ally what you're doing is you're saying you know what i am aware that i may benefit from certain privileges i may have access to more power more resources etc and therefore I need to be willing to put that to use in order to support those who up to this point haven't been able to benefit from those privileges, haven't been able to have those same level of opportunity or experience. So thinking about it in that context, and then when we start to think about women, because we do know we live in a you know society with massive amounts of gender inequality, sexism is a real thing. As a man, one of the things that I do just on a very, very, like to me it's very, very small, but I've come to realize that actually it can have a massive impact is, for example, there are a number of environments, especially in workplaces, where always necessarily are these spaces male dominated, but especially when there are men in spaces, you will find that it's very easy for men to dominate conversation. Mm. So for me, one of the things I try my best to do is know when it is okay for me to take up space, but more importantly, how can I go about centering the voice of women more often? How can I make sure that I'm inviting women into conversation who may not necessarily feel so comfortable to just interject and take up space and go about making contributions to the conversation unless they feel that that space has been created for mm. them. So actually sometimes just being willing to do that in the first instance can be a form of allyship. But what about for you, yeah, man? Where um, do you think you know, can, you've been consistently going on the journey? Um, like recently, um, where I'm working at the moment as well, outside of Dirt Black Dad, 
Uh, my manager is a woman and it's someone who I actually got the job for um, mm. and she's progressed since I've been away for a bit and she's now the manager. Um, and I think with her, nice. she she can sometimes feel like she doesn't want to say certain things because, you know, other other guys are in there. There's a lot of guys in the, in, in the business I work in and I feel like it's always important, like the, the, the idea of male privilege is definitely there. It's something that kind of doesn't get looked at as much, I would say, in society in general. But male privilege is there. Like people naturally will look to a man and go, what do you think? And, and kind of ignore a woman. Uh, it's just, it's a natural thing. Whether you think you're doing it or not, it's kind of your subconscious is drilled into us. So when you are in that position, it's just about breaking that down. And whenever you have a conscious thought of, hang on, not everyone is speaking here, it's giving someone a chance to say their voice, especially if the person in power, to give them their voice, um, to say what they think and give them that opportunity, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so real. Like, if you've got, in a workplace environment as well, it then leads into, like, decision-making, yeah. right? Because what ends up happening is, because we're so used to turning to the man, for example, or to men for their voice, and, you know, you, you talked about the fact that that's a natural thing. Maybe it's because people still have a perception that, you know, men are more logical and therefore want to be decision makers which isn't necessarily a fair perception no. to have because actually there are very logical women and there are also and then this assumption that maybe women want to engage more with the emotional slash nurturing side of things which also then argues kind of like what well, so men don't have that part mm. of us but because of those ways that we might perceive things it then means well so what are we not going to give women the opportunity to be involved in key decision making if that's the way we're going to view things we're we always going to center men's perceptions and perspectives as it relates to decision making where actually what we end up then doing is we end up skewing our experiences we end up making decisions that do not serve everybody mm -hmm. do you get what i'm trying to say so yeah it's so important for us to consider that in workplace environments and i love what you said there in terms of you know, you're celebrating the fact that that person who you got a job has now progressed into a position of management. You can see it's been, there's so much love you have mm. for that. And that is part of allyship too. Genuinely wanting to champion and advocate for those groups that may previously have experienced some form of, you know, even oppression, for example. So yeah, us being willing to champion and advocate for them, that's allyship in itself yeah, too. Yeah, completely. And recently, um, I do work for quite a big company and it's obviously International Women's kind of month coming up and all that kind of stuff. And we had a, a team meeting and I know a lot of guys went on this call, a lot of women were obviously, but I was like, I've always been a huge advocate for just seeing seeing black women win, basically. My mum's a black woman, I want to see her win. It's the same with all my other sisters. And um, it was seeing not just engineers who are black, but black women engineers. And that's just a different level of of going against the boundaries and stuff like that. And I was I was very interested to kind of hear from them what how they felt they were being supported by other people. And it's really interesting. They actually felt like they were really supported by people in the black community. And I think it's just like, if one person succeeds, we all succeed, do you know what I mean? Um, how have you found it in terms of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just in your experience with um, helping people kind of grow and improve in their own careers and things like that? Yeah, man, I think for me, like similar to you, I love being able to see black women mm. succeed. And obviously on a broader front, you know, women succeed as well. But I think, yeah, like for me, one of the things that I've noticed is those women who often would second guess themselves because in their mind, they're thinking that they maybe have to um, almost like adjust their behaviors. I don't know if behaviors is the right word, but adjust how they show up in certain spaces to align with the norms in those spaces. And if those norms have been very male dominated, there's almost potentially a bit of like a lad culture in there and stuff yeah. like that. And maybe therefore they've either been super reserved 
or they've maybe over-asserted some of the masculine aspects of their nature in order to try and think they can fit into those spaces. What I find beautiful is when you start to help them to appreciate that you're going to be celebrated exactly how you are. We're going to champion you exactly how you are. You start to see them showing up so much more authentically mm. and as their truest selves and being willing to be honest about the fact that, you know what? If for whatever reason there's something going on and they just need to be real about it, they can. If they want to be able to challenge something because they think it overlooks the experience of women, they can and they do. But then on an individual level, they start being able to actually become not only advocates for themselves, which to me is the starting point, because quite often there are a lot of, you know, let's start with black women. There are a lot of black women who don't always necessarily even advocate for themselves because they feel like, do you know, what? I just have to accept that this is how it is. When you start to see them advocating for themselves and saying, yeah, these are these are some of my boundaries. These are some of the things that I'm not having. And you know you've made a small contribution towards them having that level of esteem and that willingness to just own that. You think to yourself, I'm so glad that I was able to use my opportunity to be an ally in order to be able to help to get someone to this point and then to, in order to be able to support someone on their journey in this way. In the same way that we know these black women are doing for us day in yeah. and day out. Do you know yeah, what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. Like you said, you know, your, black, your mom's a black woman, you see, you want to see her win. That's what it is. We know they're doing this for us day in and day out, innit? Do you know what I mean? So we want to be able to support them on that journey too. So when you see them advocating for themselves and then also advocating for others as well, you think to yourself, yeah, do you know what? This is where we're supposed to be, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Helping them to be valued in the same way that we would like to see everybody being valued. That's when you know progress so, is being made. Well, I, wanted, well, I also wanted to kind of talk, I don't know if this is called being devil advocate, but obviously like it mentioned, it, I feel like it's easy and slightly tied into a bit of male ego of being like, yeah, I do what I can to help women. And we've obviously given examples of how we've done that, but how, how do you feel sometimes like you wanting to help someone and being like, no, I want, I want to see them win can actually be a negative to them winning. And what I mean by that is, I've, I remember hearing this amazing quote. Um, it was a, during a relationship talk I was doing with someone and they were basically saying, when it comes to a relationship, men normally go to the solution. How can I fix the problem, right? And there's always good intent in that, but sometimes women just want empathy. They just want you to understand the problems they're going through and that's it. Let them work out the solutions. They want the freedom to do so. So for me, that's always been my biggest struggle. I'm straight to solutions. How can I improve or help you in any way? How do, how do you tackle that whole solution versus empathy kind of feel for things? Do you know, I really want to hear your response to this as well in a second, because I feel like this is such a good topic, man. But I think, do you know what's interesting? I spoke about this on a recent podcast that we did, right, for Dope Black Dads, and I was saying that we are genuinely the kinds of individuals and maybe this is being reinforced by the fact that me and my fiance together we're reading um men are from mars women are from mm -hmm. venus right now do you get what i'm saying obviously renowned book a lot of people probably know about it and i've read it um we re we always try and read relationship books together and this is the one we're currently reading but the reason i bring it up is because that book makes the suggestion and i probably would agree with it that as men, we often do want to be problem solvers we often do want to just jump to like well we could just do it like this or actually yeah here's the solution and as you said empathy might be being sought in that process. Now, I'll talk about it in the context of relationships and partnerships in a second. Let's talk about it just in the context of, for example, even work. Actually, because of the fact that we want to solve these problems, we might not realize the role ego plays within that, as you said. So in our minds, it's like, oh, I see this woman who has shared with me, or maybe I have assumed is facing challenges in the workplace. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help her to develop a strategy and a plan for how to be able to, without realizing that we haven't even got to the root cause of the mm. issue by going through a process of listening. 
and going through a process of understanding. And so this is why I talked about centering the voices and centering the experiences. Sometimes the best thing you can do as an ally is take the time to listen. And then it's not to say that you're going to go through a process of just getting people to share all of their challenges and barriers and traumas with you because let's be honest yeah and you know i'm sorry to use the term but trauma porn is a real mm. thing in the world of oppression like some people really do just thrive off of being able to feel like oh my god i'm learning about so many people's oppression and traumas without then having the intention to do anything mm. i think when it moves into allyship is when you do have the intention to do something off the back of it however taking the time to listen and then being able to share with someone, these are some of the things that I'm thinking could be done, but actually I don't want to take action unless you feel this is aligned with what would be genuinely beneficial to you. As well as that, do I have your blessing to go and do that? Because these are some of the things I'm thinking of doing. This is how I want to use my privilege. This is how I want to be an ally to you. But actually, I'm very aware that this might not be a priority to you right now. So I'd love to just get your thoughts on if you're comfortable with that, if you're okay with that. But if we don't start with that listening process, if we don't do, as you said, and empathize and then actually ensure that that individual who we want to be an ally towards or that group we want to be an ally towards actually feel that we're using our privileges in the right way off the back of it. Unfortunately, we're just doing it for self-centered purposes. Yeah. I'm saying they have borderline narcissism, bro. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? But what about for you, man? What's your no, thoughts I, around that? And how are you? I, I, can, I can relate, man. It's, it's the bit in, in my own personal journey I'm struggling with the most because I am, if I think of my subconscious reactions to when someone comes at me with a problem, whether it's in relationships or in work, I'm instantly like, how can I fix this? From a, from a genuine, I want to help you, but I, I'm, I'm very much aware that that is not always the case. And I've kind of come down to it now where if I find a problem or I notice something that, um, where I can help someone, especially if it's someone who's a woman, it's to feel how can I help her way and understanding how they would best want to have me resolve that situation. And it can be, like you said, literally just speaking to the person being like, what would you like me to do to help? How would you like me to help? And if it's not helping, all right, I hear what you're saying and just completely go into that em um, kind of emphasis on empathy understanding the, the, the pains and it's not about saying oh i've been for it too you've been through your own stuff it's about just understanding what they've been through accepting what they've been through and listening for that first and if they if they're from empathy you can then go into solution but it's very hard to go from solution to empathy do you see what i mean so i've always very hard, hard. so i feel like it starts off going so with empathy and then going into your solution if if it's needed this, this is such a pertinent point you make, you know, because as you said, like, sometimes we think if I can go one direction, I can easily go the other, but not realizing it's not that straightforward. Yeah. And you said something earlier that made me think, right? Because allyship, as much as it is about being willing to be active, being willing to be proactive, being willing to be an advocate, being willing to champion, it's a big part of allyship that's about knowledge building mm. and about educating ourselves as to and in this case, we're talking about women and being better allies for women and becoming better allies for women, because actually, let's even start there. Being an ally and becoming an ally is actually really good in terms of being able to consider the language we use, because if we say we want to be an ally, to some extent, we're also overlooking the journey of allyship we have to go yeah. on in terms of being able to continuously improve our approach to allyship. So that's why I like the fact that we've called this one becoming better allies for women because then we appreciate the journey we have to go on but anyway the reason i bring it up is because it's not just allyship is all of those things there's also a part that's around knowledge building mm -hmm. there's also a part that's around education and i must hold my hands up and say that when it comes to certain forms of oppression such as let's say racism 
I think I'm quite good in terms of being able to educate myself on, let's say, some of the history and some of the different dynamics that have created this particular situation in which racial inequality and inequities exist as a result of the racist system that exists. But I do realize that over the years, I haven't necessarily dedicated as much time to understanding some of the depth of those dynamics in terms of how gender inequality and sexism came to exist as a system and a form of systemic oppression. So one of the things that I know I've been trying to do in the last few years definitely is improve my allyship through knowledge building and education as well, because it's so easy to make assumptions when you don't have a basis of knowledge to draw upon. And you therefore don't haven't even necessarily armed yourself with some of the language or some of the dynamics that are playing out in the real world, but we can't define it because we haven't gone on the journey to educate ourselves. And as we both know, relying on the people who are in that position of feeling pressed, feeling marginalized, feeling let down, which in this case is women, expecting them to be the ones to educate us is unfair. So I know for me, one of the things that I'm trying to do on my journey of allyship at the moment is better educate myself because it's an area I've definitely overlooked for far too long and I have to hold myself accountable. Do you know what I mean? But are there any areas that you feel like you're trying to go about building more knowledge I completely around? relate. I think the, the the knowledge side is something I definitely lack on. And I think that's what most guys do anyway. And that comes through male privilege. It's that I don't need to, because mm. technically it doesn't affect me as a person, as an individual, but it affects people I care about around me. Therefore, I should go out and learn about it. So I'm very interested to find out what, in terms of the knowledge and the places you're looking to find out about this kind of stuff, where are you looking to find out more about how you can be, become a better ally? And I mean, starting off with just like really good books from women authors who speak specifically to the topic. Right. Like, honestly, like, I'm turning to places like that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, you know, you've got amazing authors like Rachel Ricketts, you know, with her book, Do Better, which obviously does talk a lot about different forms of oppression, but definitely speaks as well to things like how gender inequalities come to exist. But yeah, like authors that are speaking specifically to these topics, even down to like, for example, one of my early um, kind of like inspirations for wanting to take more responsibility was Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Do you get what I'm saying? When she did White All Men Should Be Feminists. And it's like, what is that? That's like a long essay, mm. let alone a book. But that in itself, do you know what I mean? It opens your eyes. Like, for example, I think I came across that in around was it 2016, 17, maybe. Mm. But yeah, around that time. And it was like, okay, okay. This has actually helped me to realize where, you know, I'll be real. I always thought even just, for example, the word feminist was specific to a woman would be a feminist. Mm. Then it was like, well, she was like, well, actually, no, but men should be feminists because by calling yourself a feminist, what you are doing is you're acknowledging the fact that an inequality exists. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? And therefore the fact that you want to see equity and parity be created. And it just reframed the way I looked at that whole concept, the whole movement, the whole requirement for allyship to occur. Mm. So yeah, even just using simple resources like that were starting points for me, taking the time to read that as opposed to, you know, just reading the normal kind of stuff that I choose to read. Yeah, for, for me, I feel my, my main basis of gaining the knowledge is just through the conversations I've had. I've always been, I mean, I grew up in a single parent home and it was mainly my mum that raised me. So I've always been around women. It was whether it's my sister, my mum, or my best friends are always girls. So I feel like my my knowledge has come from experience from firsthand what has happened in the kind of, in the present time. But where I need to focus on is the past, the history behind why this has happened and why this is continuing to happen. That way I can serve better from my own privilege, if that makes sense. For mm. real, man, that's it. And I think that that part around the history bit is so key because I know 
I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I know that like if you ask me to break down like the construct of race and then specifically like let's say race in the mm. UK and how racism exists, like I've got a lot of key things that I can reference as information mm. to help to really paint that picture. But I don't think I would do it as effortlessly when it comes to gender inequality and how sexism came to exist. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that's an opportunity for me to make that comparison and go, well, why are you so fluent in this area not so much over here, Lewis? And as you said, it's our privilege that's allowed us to be there, right? So now that I know, now that I'm aware, what am I going to do about that? That's the real that's question. Fact. Do you get what I'm trying yeah. to say? So It's that opening it's so, so to be but, but you know what? Yeah. Go, go, go. I was just going to say, like, um, I've got two things on my mind. One is, what are some of the male privileges that we've both come to realise we benefit from? And whether we should share some of those because it might allow some of our listeners to go raw like i never even considered that was a privilege i benefit from too mm. do you mm. get what i mean and the other thing i was going to explore more is sort of like what are some of the things that we would encourage some of our listeners to do to become allies or become better allies okay i'll let you start with that one so where do you want to i'll start, let you start bro? with that one then we'll go with the first question yeah yeah the first question so um Always oh, a thinker, this one, isn't it? Male privilege. What? What? Yeah. What are some of our privileges? Yeah. It's, I think that in itself is eye-opening because when I think of privilege, the, the easiest thing I can relate to when it comes to privilege is white privilege. Understanding what that means from an outside perspective. But then I think about like my friends who are white, and I go, "What is white privilege?" So that they're, they're a bit like, oh, "I don't know. What, what do I have over you?" Do you know what I mean? And I and I'm instantly feeling that emotion when it comes to all right, what what male privilege do I have? But Saying it out loud, just thinking thinking off the dome, I would probably say one of the biggest male privileges I have is instantly when it comes to anything that involves um, like heavy lifting or decision making, people instantly will look to a guy. Why? I don't know. Because in my relationship, like the way I always describe it is I wear the trousers in my relationship, but my wife tells me which ones to wear. She makes the decisions, right? Oh, I do the action, it. but she makes the decision. That's how it works. So, yeah. but, but I, I do yeah. notice like if people, are, if I'm out somewhere, whether it's at work or um, with my family, people will look at me for the decision. Am I paying the bill for the restaurant? Am I the person that's deciding between what we're buying? Am I the person who's deciding what we're doing for the business? They look at the guy first without even considering what a woman might say. And then when a guy said what you said, all right, we've got an answer now. So it completely gets rid of yeah. what a woman might say because they haven't even thought about what, what that person might say I'm telling you I'm telling you now these are that's serious man and I'd add to it yeah I was thinking about this the other day as men you know we never really have to have someone second guess the value we could add to an organisation because of the fact that we might end up going on something like maternity yeah. leave like women have to be strategic about when they feel it's right to have a child based on the impact it could have on their career because they know in their heart of hearts that no matter how hard that person, man or woman, in a position to, and so I shouldn't necessarily use language like that because it doesn't necessarily account for some of our, you know, non-binary yeah, yeah. colleagues, but it, no matter who that person is that might be in a position of authority in an organization, they know that if there is a woman that they're about to hire in the back of their mind, they're thinking, 
she got any children already? She thinks she's going to have some soon. Do you get what I'm trying to say? We don't even suffer from that because in their head, they're like, if he has a child, it's all right. He's gone for two weeks and he'll be back in yeah. a second. Do you yeah. get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, so we benefit from so much privilege as well because of that. Like, you know, me and my fiance, we just had our first daughter. She's, what, six months old. And, you know, I can tell there's that thing with my fiance of like, okay, I'm going to go back to work, but then we want to have more. But then when do we do that? And I'm sitting there kind of like, whenever it comes, it comes yeah. in. Like, I'm good with that. Do you get what I mean? But, of course, I don't have to necessarily think like that because in my mind, it's like, we're going to keep pressing on regardless, career-wise, for example. Whilst that's a big privilege, yeah. you know, because no one's going to second-guess what, what happens to us professionally yeah. as it relates to building a family. Whilst for women, it has a massive impact. That, so that's a massive just, just thinking while you're saying that, another one is the way we dress. I think that's mad. Yeah. Like, the level of, like, especially if it's corporate, especially if it's corporate, the level of um uh what's the word the, the the level that a woman has to go through to make sure she's dressing appropriately or professionally compared to a guy is miles apart it's not subtle it's not just makeup it's miles apart it's how your hair is done your makeup the shoes yeah. you wear are you allowed to wear a skirt how how long just get there's so many things that are involved whether the company says it or not it's in there because then it's like I don't want to put myself yeah. in a position where my colleagues look at me and just think 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 this and not think of don't see me professionally. They're not going to take me seriously because I dress a certain way. I wear a certain type of makeup. I don't have that issue. I can come into work in a hoodie and a tracksuit bottom, but I'm a Bro, guy. So they see. instantly go right. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a huge a huge yeah. privilege. I think. Oh, hundred percent. And that's it. And then even down to like I give you another one. Building on the workplace point. Let's be honest, yeah. In a lot of meeting environment, in so a lot of meeting situations, why do people so quickly just turn to a woman to be the scribe or the minute taker? Like, yeah. why? She wouldn't want to be the scribe or the minute taker yeah. in that meeting. She might not want to. And actually, what's to stop a guy in that meeting taking minutes or being a scribe? Yeah. Like, we should, we, skill set wise, we should both be able to yeah. do so. What is wrong with a guy being willing to do that? But people are so quick to assume that the guy is going to sort that. Sorry, that the, women, the woman is going to be willing to do that. Or that actually, when it comes to, for example, putting on the meeting or the event or the whatever, they're going to be willing to do all of the logistical slash administrative planning. And then also, for example, make sure there's the right refreshments there. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, why can't these responsibilities be shared more effectively? But these are the privileges we have. It's almost like, yeah, we'll deal with making sure everybody feels good in the meeting. You just come with your brain as a man and help us make some decisions. Like that's a stark contrast in how we're viewing people, viewing different genders. You get what I'm trying to say? It's actually... It's actually really bad when you put it into yeah, context. Yeah, you know? yeah. That, that, it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the more we're talking about it now, I'm literally different examples of firing up where I'm like, oh, yeah, because I was in that situation. That happened to me, but it wouldn't have happened if it was a woman. And you've got examples of it. And I think what we're doing right now, this open conversation about just addressing our own male privileges, isn't about um, celebrating male privilege at all. It's about the fact of just being aware of it and being That's like, okay, it. now we know actually you know what i am actually incredibly privileged how are we going to do something about it so i'm going to ask the age-old question that Mm. none of us can answer on the spot but what do you feel like we can do to become better allies for women knowing our male privileges i mean for me one of the first places to start yeah is by looking at so if we take those privileges that we just outlined looking at that and saying right i'm going to commit to doing one thing for the next even if it's a month to start with like i'm going to commit to doing one thing that goes against the gender norms that currently exist 
in order to be able to give a woman more agency. So for example, I'm not even going to say who would like to take the minutes. I'm going to say going forward, I'm going to be taking the minutes for the next few meetings. And I'd love to actually see a woman chair our next few meetings. So I'm actually just making that uh, an expectation. So please feel free to let us know who would be comfortable. And if you would be happy to chair, but you feel you need a bit of support in preparation, I'm happy to make myself available to be any form of support that you may need so that you can thrive as the role of chair. I'm not even giving the option of scribes to anyone else. I'm scribing. It's done already. It's already been confirmed. I'm scribing, but I need someone else to chair. And I'd like for that chair to be a woman because I think we'd get a lot out of being able to have a different perspective playing that role. Mm. And so actually, if you do need more support, please feel free to do so. So for me, it's about you need to sometimes go about just going all in. This is the decision that's being made. And then when you go about center, centering and creating opportunity for women, what support can you wrap around that so that they genuinely feel they have agency? Mm -hmm. And it's not a case of now you're just putting someone in a position where for all we know, they could potentially, and I'm just saying this because it's true for some, could potentially find like, oh my God, now I'm in the spotlight. What do I do? Them knowing that you're still there to be a support mm. system so that they genuinely feel they have agency. That is a starting point. So for me, that's one of the things that I would say is a good start for all of us. Something I've definitely taken responsibility for trying to do more and do better. What about for you? Yeah, um, I th yeah in a nutshell, it's, it's like, you, like you just said there, it's creating the opportunity, but also creating the support to allow someone to thrive in that area. And it and it could it could go the completely wrong way and they're like, you know what, this isn't for me. I prefer doing scribing. Cool. But at least you've given someone an opportunity to venture in a in a way that they normally wouldn't have gotten it straight away. Um so for me, yeah, I can completely relate with how you can can do so. In terms of how I feel I can become a better ally for women, like I said, for me personally, it's the empathy joint. That's the bit I need to work on. It's how can I instantly go, right you've told me you've got a problem or I'm noticing you being upset rather than trying to focus on giving you a solution because I'm a man and I can find a solution it's nothing like that it's about actually listening to what your problems are and seeing what you would like done and then we go about doing it your way so you have the opportunity to thrive in the way that you want to and you have the opportunity that you want to that's kind of how I would take it for me personally so hi bro do you know what you said something here which I don't think people should overlook you said, you've told me that you're facing a challenge, but also I've observed. You see, I've observed. Do you know how powerful mm. that is in terms of allyship? Because you're not making the assumption and speaking on behalf of that woman in that case. But what you're doing is you're being honest about the fact that I'm trying to be proactive and actually I've observed something. What I've observed is this. Please tell me if I'm wrong and if I'm inaccurate and if my observation is misguided and I've misperceived. However, I've observed. And so, for example, one of my things I'm trying to do better as an ally is, and I'm probably sure this is something that you see a lot as well, is um, actions start getting divvied up from certain meetings and things. And you know, is women end up having bigger to-do lists than everybody else, mm. you know? They always have a bigger to-do list off the back of a meeting. And we don't, and because more time it's like, the men are kind of going, yeah, yeah, we've made the decisions now. Let's divvy it up to those that are willing to execute. And couple men will have couple things, but the women will end up having a bigger to-do yeah. list. So my thing that I'm trying to do more is use my voice to be like, I've observed that we're right now let's say the person's name is um Kara let's say yeah I've observed that in this case Kara has got slightly more things to be doing off the back of the meeting than everybody else so I just feel like we need to create some balance here because I don't really think it's fair for Kara to walk away with that now of course Kara if you feel 100% comfortable with this please let me know but personally I don't feel comfortable with the fact that there's not a, a certain amount of balance you see being willing to advocate for in that way being willing to use your voice in that way being able to use your privilege in that way it's a powerful form of allyship but it starts with what you said 
which is I've observed. And what are we willing to observe? Are we raising our awareness to observe? But I, I'd add to that, you have to be careful with that because when in, in that situation that you've just done there, it's ve- and the one I've always struggled with is mansplaining. You have to speak to Clara in this example first and be like, Clara, do you feel like you've got a lot of to-do lists? Like, it's a bit mad. Do, do, do you, let me see if I can yeah, 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 that and be like, what do you want? Because if you, because this is what I mean, like with my solution basis is I'm like, I've noticed Clara's doing this and she's getting more work. And I'm like, I'm going to let everyone know this is not okay. Let's sort this out, Clara, in front of her and everyone. And it can be quite embarrassing because it's like, I'm a man. I'm going to show you. Like, do you know what I mean? It so it's about that like, conversation with that, that person, that individual, that woman, and being like, how would you like me to best sort this out? And then using your male privilege because people will listen to you to be like, all right, this is what we need to do. Agreed, agreed, definitely. I think you're right. Cent- centering that person's um, comfort and preferences is definitely the priority. I completely agree with that. And I think when you're in the more public domain that I was outlining, mm. if you're bringing it up there, it's more to just say, I've observed something. And then, you know, if that person is the kind of individual who is got a certain level of confidence and esteem to advocate for themselves, then you can say in that space, mm. I've observed it, but like Cara, love love to love you to just confirm whether my observation is yeah. accurate and fair. Um, because as you said, sometimes just putting that person on the spot to do that, and they're not the kind of person who can deal with that level of spotlight, could be challenging, as you said, because it become become embarrassing. So you can have the conversation on the side even better. But there are some times when we have to do it in public domain yeah. to call things in and just be like, hey guys, like, did we notice that? we let this happen yeah 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 like do you know what i mean and whether you do that in that meeting or a following one is fine but calling it in and even just asking the other guys in the room like did we notice this because maybe we didn't notice it and that's fine and i'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal because i noticed it doesn't make me better it's just something i noticed you could have noticed it next meeting james or jonathan or whoever like you could have noticed it but today it's just something that i noticed i thought i'd bring it up Mm. and i thought i'd see if we could find a solution but i love what you said which is definitely Go to the person first yeah. and find out and, if they're comfortable. Like you're saying, just there, sure. also speak to the people who are doing doing the wrong in or potentially doing the wrong in as well, because it might open their eyes to go, oh, I need to change my ways and notice their own male privilege. All oh, right, actually, yeah, I can take a bit of work of Clara and, and do that. I don't, I don't know why I keep doing that. Because it is subconscious. Like I do feel a lot of people aren't doing this on purpose. It's just the norm and it's accepted and it's not, It's it's no. there's no form of weird feeling about it. It's what's normal. So it's about changing what's what is currently normal and creating a new form of norm so that everyone's included. And that way we can obviously become better allies for the ladies then. <laughs> 100%. I mean, given, given the fact that I'm sure we're going to bring this to a close soon, mm. maybe we should just quickly as we do close, because we talked, uh, we used a lot of references. We made some towards relationships. We used a lot of references towards the workplace. Yeah. What about in friendships, relationships, family dynamics? Mm. Like, what does us being able to acknowledge our privileges and become better allies look like in that context? Do you know what I mean? Mm. I love your point that you made of, I wear the trousers, but my wife told me which one to wear. Like, that's phenomenal, bro. Do you get <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? But like, yeah, what does it look like in our personal lives, right? You know, relationships, family dynamics, friendships, in your opinion. Hmm. Okay, so the, the first kind of person that instantly comes to mind, um, I recently was in Bali and I met a phenomenal lady, black lady called China, who is doing bits now in Bali. Amazing, I've witnessed her journey. And I feel like she would agree that I've become a good ally for her in promoting what she does on a personal level and on a business level as well. But I think the way our friendship has worked, it's about not feeling like there's a pedestal. Because I'm a man, I have the ability to do this or because she's a woman she's going to focus on doing this i i generally do believe 
that guys and women can be friends. Like a lot of people, can, there's a lot of. 100%. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people go, "Oh no, mate, a guy." Now, honestly, do you know what I, mean? I have a lot of women friends. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, you know I know like, that because I, like, for me personally, I grew up around women more than I did guys. I find it a lot harder to speak about bare football and the typical laddish stuff. It's just not me. It's not who I am. But I can talk about. I'm a yeah, yeah, dancer. Yeah. I can talk about makeup because I've seen my mum wear different makeups. I used to be a dancer, and and I, I do the traditional girly stuff. But also as well, I'm a very emotional being. And I think that's where it comes down to. In terms of becoming a better ally for women as friends, it's about being emotional, empathizing with um, the problems they're having, but also as well, having the same level of excitement and the successes that they have and just rooting for people. Like, I'm so passionate about rooting for black women. So, so passionate because I see it in my own sister. I want her to do well. So for me, it's all about empathizing with someone and just celebrating their success, especially for women. What about for yourself, my man? Do you know what? You just made me think. I had a I had a passing thought this morning as I was like making breakfast for me and my fiance this morning. I was like, I was just thinking about some of the amazing women that I'm connected to, even just in a professional sense to start with. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't normally do this stuff, but I feel like I actually do need to do a post on LinkedIn or something and just celebrate every person that came to mind in my head about these phenomenal women who I get the blessed opportunity to work with and have professional relationships with and all of that. And I was just thinking like I, I don't want it to come across as if to say it's like I'm doing it just to be seen but I, I was genuinely just sitting there thinking how grateful I am for them and this conversation is making me think maybe it is worth doing the post because in my head it was like who, I don't need to post that I could just email all of them individually and message all of them individually as I do regularly just to let them know I appreciate you and I celebrate you but then I was like yeah maybe I should just do the post now like do you guys know why not also do that on top of the personal mm. um but yeah I think for me the bit that you mentioned around rooting for them is a massive part of it. But also I love when you said about being willing to tap into the emotional side, because I think me and my fiance's relationship is always strengthened when I'm willing to be more vulnerable and willing to show her that actually I don't have all the answers. And I really appreciate your contributions towards helping us to develop collective solutions. Like that, that for me, I find is really helpful, but also in terms of helping her to appreciate that there are certain things that she may at times worry about and question because of the fact that, you know, she is a woman in certain environments and letting her know, listen, if there's any place where you don't need to question it, it's here. Mm. Like, and that is actually allyship because them just knowing they've got safe spaces and knowing that some of those safe spaces do sit with men, it helps them to put more trust in men in society. Do you get what I'm trying yeah, to say? So yeah. that's the same for my partner, but it's also the same for the friends that I have. I've got close friends that are women who, them knowing that they can be vulnerable in spaces around me, knowing that, you know, in the places they usually have to second guess. When you're around Lewis, there's no second guessing. When you're around Lewis, there's zero judgment. I want you to come as you are. Yeah, Do you get what I'm trying yeah. to say? And them knowing that that space is even available and exists, I personally have come to observe that that's usually quite empowering for a number of them. So. Yeah, I think those are some of the ways we can think about it in a personal life too, man. I completely agree, man. And on that note, that that literally summed it all up, I would say, summed it all up. So for everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed this chat with me and Lewis. I'm definitely going to hopefully do more with these because this is fun. What do you think, bro? so, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, I've enjoyed it. I'm so grateful to have been able to share time and share space with you, bro. Oh, Appreciate it, man. Are, man. And to all your listeners, thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Dope Black Podcast.